Welcome to All Road 65 Max Radio, where the road ahead gets brighter as we journey toward truth, traveling through our dreams and inspiration into a new reality. It's time, and your ticket is waiting. All aboard All Roads Lead 65 Max with Pamela Henderson. Greetings, and thank you for joining me on BBS Radio All Road 65. I am your host, Pamela L. Henderson. Please follow me on IG, Pamela H. Inspires Jewels, Patreon.com, All Road 65, and subscribe on the website by visiting AllRoad65Max.org. And here on my channel where you can be can subscribe for $2.99 to join me on this journey monthly. Today, my special guest, Mr. Michael Taylor, who is uniquely positioned to spread hope and optimism. A high school dropout, he overcame a divorce, bankruptcy, foreclosure, depression, and being homeless for two years on his way to becoming a successful entrepreneur, motivational speaker, radio and TV host, and author of nine best-selling books. He has dedicated his life to empowering men and women to reach their full potential by transforming their lives from the inside out. But what if we invested that same amount of effort into being truly, genuinely happy? Mr. Taylor stated. He thought that by having the house, the wife, the two and a half kids, the vacations, and the material things, he would be happy. However, in spite of having it all, he still felt something was still missing. Today, Mr. Taylor describes himself as an irrepressible optimist, and it's all thanks to changing his perception of success, following his own gut, and breaking free from the construct of societal expectations. At last, I want to say thanks again for giving me this interview chance, Mr. Michael Taylor, and welcome to the show. Well, Pamela, thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity to spread some optimism and hope. Absolutely. You know, my focus is my mission statement to help create a quality of life through social growth, inspiring jewels to become leaders by establishing partnerships with corporations, school district, nonprofits, professionals, churches, judicial system, donor sponsors, volunteers, and the community and abroad. So, Mr. Taylor, tell me, where did you grow up at? I'm, I was born in Corpus Christi, Texas, and we were basically the poster children for poverty back in the 60s. My mom was a single mom with six kids, and despite being in, those, in, in that environment, my wife instilled, a, I mean, my mom instilled a very simple lesson in me. She said, if you want something badly enough, there's no one that can keep you from attaining it except yourself. And that is the, the lesson that I learned that has allowed me to far exceed what society said I was supposed to experience. Wow. That is true. That is true. 
When yeah. did you first realize you wanted to become a author? Well, actually, I didn't know I wanted to be an author until my late 30s, because after my divorce and everything, I started journaling. And during that journaling process of my own healing and personal growth and transformation, I discovered that I actually have a gift for writing. And so it's not something that I actually set out to do. It's something that I was introduced to along my transformational journey. So I wrote my first book back in 1994, and it was a book targeted specifically to black men called Brothers Are You Listening? A Success Guide for the 90s. And it was my attempt to empower black men to move past all the negative stereotypes that we see in the media and to embrace the idea that they could create the life of their dreams. Wow. Yes, I have to check that out. How do you come up with your ideas when you're writing? Well, I firmly believe that there is what I call divine intelligence in the universe. Now, you can call divine intelligence whatever you want. Some people call it God. Some people call it the universe. I choose to call it divine intelligence. I believe every human being, the primary goal we should have is to create an intimacy and connection with this divine intelligence. And when we do, we unleash infinite creativity. So it is through my connection to divine intelligence that I, in essence, listen to and, shall I say, download my books because of my meditation practice. Hmm. So you stated that you challenge readers to look within their own minds and hearts regards to self-fulfillment. Can you elaborate a little bit about that? Well, we live in a culture and society that teaches us to always focus on things outside of ourselves. For example, as you mentioned in the intro, see, I thought by having a house, the wife, the 2.5 kids and all of that, I would be happy. So we live in this externally based, what you might call materialistic, consumer-driven culture that always says that things outside of us will make us happy. But unfortunately, those things very seldom make us happy. They may temporarily bring us pleasure, but it isn't until we decide to do what I call the inner journey, which is to challenge and look at the beliefs and assumptions we have about ourselves and the world around us. So it's an inside job of changing your thoughts, your feelings, and your actions. Hmm. So how would you describe the 10 reasons to be optimistic about the future? Well, to describe it, first of all, we have to recognize who and what we are as human beings. My belief is that uh, one of my greatest mentors is a guy named Wayne Dyer. And Wayne Dyer said something that really stuck with me. And he said, if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at will change. So in essence, by changing our perception, by changing the way we see things, we have the power to transform our lives. So the first thing we have to do, I think, is to understand that we are not human beings having a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. And if you can make that distinction and recognize that you are an expression of divinity as a spiritual being, And when you make focusing on that aspect of who you are as a human being, that's when things start to change. And that's why in my tagline I say, transform your life from the inside out. Because it begins with 
spirit, and understanding and recognizing that we are spiritual beings gives us a different perception of ourselves and the world around us. And starting from that point, then we connect to the divine. Hmm. That's interesting. So in regards to trauma, because when a person goes through trauma, it affects them really, really internally. Don't you agree? So really, and when you go through trauma and you have it for, say, for a certain amount of time that can last maybe months or some years, how do you reach that mental awareness so you can transform? Well, I see it as, I mentioned that we're spiritual beings, but we also have what some people might refer to as an energetic body. Are you familiar with Eckhart Tolle? No, I'm not. Okay, there's a guy named Eckhart Tolle, and what he says is we have what he calls the pain body. The pain body is an energetic body body that we have that when we experience pain and trauma there's an energy there's an energy that is in our bodies and if we learn how to express and release that energy then we can move past it unfortunately most people aren't willing to deal with the emotional energy of trauma so one of the things I talk about in the book is the process of healing from some childhood uh, wounds if you will because I had possibly the worst childhood a child could have. Every imaginable type of abuse I experienced between the ages of 6 and 13. And so it wasn't until I started doing this inner work, uh, and the thing that really changed my life was the work of a man named John Bradshaw, who unfortunately passed away. But he had a process called Healing Your Inner Child. And mm-hmm. I, went to this, I went to this three-day workshop, and I really dealt with and healed a lot of childhood trauma that I didn't realize was still impacting my life as an adult. So by going through that process of healing that inner child, I was able to release that negative energy that was still trapped inside my energetic body, if that makes sense. So what what we sometimes do is we rationalize and intellectualize healing versus feeling and healing. So there's a distinction to be made between thinking about something and feeling something. Trauma is the result of a feeling. And we have to be willing to heal that feeling if we want to move past it. Wow. Well, that's something. That's very enlightening because, uh, you know, I can say I've been through some challenges and some obstacles. I didn't have any trauma when I was a little girl. My trauma started when I started pursuing my career and also fighting for a child's life. And that's when I started experiencing trauma. Now, I have to admit, and I had to admit to myself in order for me to start to heal heal from this situation is that I was emotionally depressed at the time and I was exhausted 
And I think with me, I was utilizing like, you know, the kickboxing, the working out, the running and things of that nature to make it go away. But it was mm-hmm. still embedded inside. So any if there was any chance for me to be able to, you know, relax or if something happened, a little stress of, you know, dealing with something, then it all comes back. So that was very interesting for me. So, so gonna, you have to, mm-hmm. but you have to understand this though. When I when I say the word trauma, most people think of what we call extreme trauma, like abuse. But trauma can occur if your dad says, "I'm disappointed in you." Right. That that can be traumatic for a child, and so we will sometimes minimize and rationalize trauma. Because, number one, we don't understand how it works. But, again, trauma does not necessarily have to be something really abusive. It's simply that as as children, when we experience something that makes us think that there's something wrong with us, for example, if if our parents disagree with us, we could then begin feeling unworthy. That can be traumatic. There's so many different types of trauma. So the key sure. is we, we have to be willing to connect authentically with the feelings that we have. And when we do that, what will happen is if we do this inner work, those things will come up <laughs> as just the way the universe works. The, the, the issues that have not been healed will surface. Now, for me, the, the, the beginning for me was my willingness to go to therapy because of my depression. And in doing that and going to therapy and beginning that inner process, see, I didn't even realize the impact that my childhood trauma had had on my life. Mm-hmm. But what I've come to recognize is that a lot of people will deny or minimize that they experienced any type of pain. And then they wonder why they keep repeating the same patterns over and over. Well, it's because they possibly have not done the emotional healing work that will release them of that pain and trauma. Totally understood. We're going to take a break on that, and we'll be right back. BBSRadio.com Welcome back to BBS Radio, All Rose. 65. I am your host, Pamela L. Henderson, and my special guest and author, speaker, Mr. Michael Taylor. This month, we are celebrating Juneteenth, also known as Freedom Day, Jubilee Day, Liberation Day, and Emancipation Day. It is the holiday celebrating the emancipation of those who had been enslaved in the United States of America. We also are celebrating Music Appreciation Month. In today's topic, we are discussing the future is brighter than you think. So, Mr. Taylor, tell us about your book, The Future is Brighter Than You Think. Well, the book begins with a chapter called Being Human. And when I say the future is brighter than you think, the, the, the beginning of it is The good news is, that's the title of the book, the good news is the future is brighter than you think. And the reason that I say that is because Mm -hmm. 
I personally believe, once again, in what, what I call divine intelligence. And so there's an intelligence that created and is still creating this amazing universe that we live in. Unfortunately, most people buy into society and the media, and they believe that the world is actually getting worse. Sure. But if you, if you really look deeply into what's going on, and if you recognize that 80% of the news that you see is negative. True. Then that's, <laughs> why so many people, that's why so many people believe it. Now, the truth is, if you look at the trajectory that human beings have been on for the past few hundred years, there are so many reasons for optimism. Optimism in regards to race, in regards to gender, because the world is changing very, very rapidly. And so, as mentioned, the media loves to showcase and focus on sensationalism and negativity. But the reason I wrote the book is to challenge people who are willing to, number one, take full responsibility for their lives to turn out the way they want it to. Because it is my belief that every human being is born with a divine purpose and some unique gifts and talents. And it is our responsibility to figure out what those gifts and talents are and to share them with the world. And when we do that, then we are on purpose. So, once again, the intention here is to challenge the reader to recognize that no matter what adversity, no matter what challenge they may be going through, it is absolutely possible for them to move through any challenge. Because I personally believe that every obstacle, every adversity that we experience brings us a gift and a lesson if we're willing to look deeply enough. So as I reflect back over my life and all the trauma that I've experienced, all the adversities that you mentioned, you know, the divorce, the bankruptcy, the foreclosure, as I look back in retrospect, I can see the gift in all of it. I can see how every event, every pain actually taught me something, brought me a gift that has allowed me to become the man that I am today. Now, it's difficult to believe that when you're smack dab in the middle of a challenge. But based on my experience and what I've learned and experienced and share with others, most people can recognize that, you know what? That was painful, but now I can see how actually it was good for me. And it's difficult for most people to do, but the reason that I wrote the book is to give you some insights and some wisdom to help you reframe how you see your life and the world around you. And so if you will accept my belief that there is a divine intelligence that created this universe, I believe that intelligence is love. And if that intelligence is love, the only thing it can do is love. And so if that's true, which I believe that it is, everything that actually happens to, to us is love. If we are willing to see it from that perspective, even if it's painful, there's love in it if we are open to this idea. So once again, the challenge or the, the intention of the book is to give you some insights and a new way to see things especially your own personal life. Very interesting. Well stated. Thank you. You have a total of nine books out besides The Future is Brighter Than You Think 
and Taylor Ads. Tell me about your other books. Well, my primary focus is on the changing roles of manhood and masculinity in society. Because I believe the big elephant in the room that nobody's talking about is when we look at the majority of social ills in our society, there, in most cases, the negative things are perpetuated by men. Now, this isn't to point fingers of place blame on men, but it is to help people recognize that the old paradigm of masculinity is the reason why so many of the social ills are perpetuated by men. So if we want to remove some of these social ills, then we have to change the mindset of men. We have to create a new paradigm of masculinity. And so this is extremely difficult to do because most men are trapped in what I'll call an antiquated paradigm. So, for example, we live in a culture that has conditioned men to believe that they aren't supposed to feel. We're taught that feelings are for women. And so what men do is they suppress, repress, and deny their emotions, and then they wonder why they can't maintain great relationships, why they're angry all the time, because they have disconnected from their authentic selves. Emotions are genderless. Men feel at the same depth as women. We express the same emotions. We feel them all the same. But unfortunately, in our culture, we don't allow ourselves to express them because we don't want to be, we don't want to appear weak because being and expressing emotion as a man tells us or says that we are weak. So we have to change that conversation. And so I actually wrote a book called A New Conversation with Men in which I introduced men to some of these ideas. And it was also the title of my cable television show and a podcast and radio show that I did for several years on public radio. So my focus, once again, has been on empowering men to embrace this new paradigm of masculinity. Because I believe when more men engage in this conversation, we will begin to see the eradication of things like senseless acts of violence, domestic abuse, all of those things, you know, high incarceration rates, these are all driven by men who are disconnected from their authentic selves and they're trapped in that old paradigm. So by encouraging men to do their healing work, to find networks that support them and being in touch with who they are, that's how you change the world. And so that has been the primary focus of my publishing company. Okay. So explain how pillars of a joy-filled life and ways to know you are doing what you love. Yeah, there are, there are four pillars to a joy-filled life. Pillar number one is inner peace. Second pillar is dynamic health. Third pillar is great relationships. And fourth pillar is financial abundance. And financial abundance simply means that you have enough money that you're not stressing out over it. Now, every human being, whether they will admit it or not, wants to experience those four things. Unfortunately, most of us don't have the tools to experience them all. And so what my teaching does is to support people in recognizing those four pillars. But the foundation of those so those four pillars is self-awareness and self-actualization. So in order to have those four things, 
we must first do the inner work of connecting to who we are as human beings, recognizing who we are, and healing any unresolved emotional conflict that we may be experience or we may have that we're not aware of. Because when you do that work first, then you're able to build on that because that is the foundation of who you are as a human being, doing your inner work. Then you put those pillars on top of those four things. So once we do that, once we do our inner work and we understand these four pillars, then we start asking a few deeper questions like, who am I? Why am I here? Well, I mentioned earlier that we all have unique gifts and talents that we are born with, and it is our responsibility to figure out what those are. Well, when we do, then we start to experience authentic joy and love. And so if you think about things that you love to do, there are three ways to tell if you're doing what you love to do. Number one, if you're doing what you love, you'll do it without the thought of compensation. Now, that doesn't mean you can't get paid to do it. That means you do it even if you don't get paid. You do it because you absolutely love it. For example, I love writing books. If I never sold a single book, I would still write books. Why? Because I absolutely love it. So that's the first way to know if you're doing what you love. You do it without the thought of compensation. Number two, when you're doing what you love, time literally disappears. You are so absorbed in doing what you love that time just goes away. For example, as a writer, I can sit at my computer for eight hours, and I swear to you, it feels like ten minutes. Yes. Because I absolutely, love, I absolutely love writing. Okay? So that's number two. Number three, when you're doing what you love, you'll want to share it with others. And here's the, here's the kicker. If you really love something, and you share with others. That brings you joy, and it brings them joy. Right. But by bringing them joy, it brings you more joy. <laughs> so, so it's important to share what you love with others so that you both get to experience that joy. And what we ultimately want to experience, whether we realize or not, is authentic joy. We think that you know, it's the happiness, it's the, it's the, you know, the temporary pleasures, you know, like maybe sex or, or maybe it's having the stuff. But what mm-hmm. our souls long for is joy. That's what it sure. wants to express. It wants to express love, the essence of who and what we are. But we have to be willing to do the work to get there. But when you do, when you have that experience, that inner experience, then you know you're on purpose because you'll be lit up from the inside out. So true. So true. So throughout my personal life, I have gone through many challenges and obstacles. I'm still moving forward, experiencing life changes in my professional life that are not unavoidable. And I am always looking for resources to enlighten me. And you had suggested to get your book, Taylor Ads. Tell me why. Why would I resonate with this read. Wait, say that again. Which book? Which? Uh, Taylor Ads. Taylor Ads? Mm-hmm. Is it Taylor Ads? Was one of your books? 
No, I don't. You got don't any book, book called Taylor? No. No. I have I have a book called Adversity Is Your Greatest Ally. Mm-hmm. I don't know where we. I had got Taylor ads. Maybe, maybe I was look because you had a list. I was on your website, so uh-huh. maybe I didn't wrote down somebody else's book. <laughs> <laughs> but tell me a book that would resonate with me. <laughs> Well, I I think probably the book that has really impacted people the most is, again, the book Adversity is Your Greatest Ally, okay. How to Use Life Challenges as Stepping Stones to Live the Life of Your Dreams. And in that book, I, I go into some specifics of, you know, some of the things that I've done to, to heal and move past trauma. But I also sort of walk people through some steps that can support them in recognizing that every adversity actually brings them a gift and a lesson. So it's, it's really a guide for anyone who's willing to, what I, I'll use the term, wake up. And I mean, wake up to who you truly are. And it's, it's one of those books that when you read it, you just, your consciousness will shift. You'll sense that, oh, I see, I am responsible for my life turning out, and here are some steps that I can take to make that happen. Now, 2020 was a very challenging year for most people. And unfortunately, a lot of people went into deep states of depression because people were losing their jobs, people were losing relationships, and it was extremely challenging. And I can understand why so many people have a belief that the world is actually getting worse. But it isn't until we become courageous enough to look within our own hearts and minds and recognize that we are connected to divinity. And when we recognize we are connected to divinity, we're connected to source. And it is that connection that supports us in overcoming any obstacle or challenge we may be dealing with. And the book sort of helps people do that. That's beautiful. I want to touch on the subject that is important to me. It is the measure of a great leader. Has much less to do with how you define your role. It is more about their actual impact on others, qualities of a great leader who will, who will have resilience and transparency and emotional intelligence are the main factors that makes a successful leader. And I do believe that visionaries are individuals who has this powerful gift. It's good for the human race, being able to give clarity and to help others to understand their awakening is what the world needs, and especially today. So I I thank you for sharing your gift, Mr. Michael Taylor. Well, thank you for that acknowledgement, because once again, the optimist in me says humanity is actually waking up. There are more and more people who are investing in their own potential. There are more and more people who are joining coaching programs and, and going to seminars to become the best version of themselves. And so my goal, my job, is to share information, wisdom, knowledge, with anyone who's courageous enough to step into a leadership role in their own life. Right. Because that's where true leadership starts. 
So when we do our own work and we become complete and whole in ourselves, then we can lead others. If we don't do that inner work, we aren't able to fully be the best leaders that we can be. Because unfortunately, too many leaders are ego-driven. And they are more focused on recognition. They're, they're focused on fame yes. versus just being fulfilled in doing what they love to do. And so I actually wrote a book called The New Face of Entrepreneurship, an entrepreneur's guide to joy, passion, and profit. And in that book, I talk about how entrepreneurs are actually the people that are going to resolve the majority of problems facing our world today. And so to be an entrepreneur obviously means you're going to have to be a leader. And in that particular book, I help, I, I coach people through the process of understanding and recognizing what it means to be an authentic leader. And not just in a business setting, but I define an entrepreneur simply as someone who receives compensation in exchange for a product or a service. Therefore, anyone can be an entrepreneur, even if you're not running a company. Because if you provide a product or a service and you're compensated, compensated doesn't necessarily mean money. Did you know that there are actually three types of compensation every entrepreneur should receive? Did you know that? Well, no, would but you, enlighten me. Would, would you like to know what the three types of compensation every entrepreneur should, should receive? Absolutely. First of all, first of all, the overwhelming majority of entrepreneurs think only about financial compensation. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with being financially compensated for the product and service that you provide. But have don't you, ever, you? Have you ever noticed an entrepreneur that's got millions and millions of dollars and they're absolutely miserable? The reason being is because they don't recognize the other two types of compensation. The other two types of compensations are spiritual compensation and emotional compensation. Now, spiritual compensation arises from a belief that you are fulfilling a divine purpose. So if I start a company and I recognize that my company can make a positive impact on the world and I put this, this company out there and we're making money and we're, we're changing people's lives, well, that's a that's spiritual compensation. True. That emotional is so true. Comp emotional compensation comes from the idea that you're doing something because you absolutely love doing it. So as an entrepreneur, I love being an entrepreneur. I love creating books. I love doing speaking engagements. I love creating online programs. So my compensation is really, first and foremost, spiritual, then emotional, and then financial. But most entrepreneurs stop only at financial compensation, and that's why so many entrepreneurs are unhappy with their lives. And I used to be that guy that only thought about making money. Um, I'll, I'll share this story with you. And this, this, is, this is the experience that changed my life. So during the darkest period of my life, I was sitting up late one night because I was too depressed to sleep. And I was sitting at the edge of my bed, looking across the room at my bookshelf, 
when I happened to notice that every book on my bookshelf had something to do with getting rich or making money. And as I looked at those books, this question just popped in my head. Michael, what if you took all the energy and effort you've used in trying to get rich and simply figure out how to be happy? And it was that simple, single question that literally changed and saved my life in an instant. Because as I asked myself that question, all of a sudden my depression lifted, and I had this amazing clarity that I was going to be able to rebuild my life. And at the time, I had absolutely nothing, basically. And so, but as a result of asking that question, I stopped reading books on getting rich and making money. I started reading books on philosophy and psychology and spirituality and metaphysics and quantum physics. And so I wanted this amazing journey of transformation. And in doing so, as mentioned, I was able to heal and rebuild my life. But I came to this understanding that I'm not chasing money. I'm chasing making a difference in the world. Absolutely. Come to for being, being grateful. For the things in life. And that's what I advocate. And that was the way that I had start healing from being grateful. I agree with you on that. And I advocate to my girls things to be grateful for in life. Like I give an example. I am so grateful for my journey. It has been a horrific journey. And there has been times I wanted to give up. I didn't. I am thankful for... BBS radio because I love what I do and for the phenomenal leaders I mean God's growing angels who have stood by me from day one the gratitude that helped me to feel and to have more positive emotions relish good experiences improved my mental and physical health to deal with adversity that is building strong relationships And I consider myself as a warrior who have fought a good fight going through those challenges and obstacles. And I'm going to leave this earth as a legend, as Les Brown says. So, Mr. Taylor, you you have stated that you help people dive into different topics, such as to be human, divine intelligence and evolution. And I know you spoke a little bit um, earlier but I'm going to touch bases back on this, recognizing a higher power, creating meaningful connections, and so much more. Can you elaborate just a little bit on that? Well, one of the chapters in the book is about relationships. And I think we forget the importance of relationships and connections with us. And so I talk about how we can develop these relationships that, number one, create connections and intimacy and the things that we really long for versus just the stuff, as I've, I've mentioned before. Right. So the, the piece that, again, for me, when I was chasing money and all of that, I wasn't thinking about the importance of relationships. As a matter of fact, when I was chasing money, that was one of the reasons why my first marriage didn't work out. Right. Because I, was, I, I can I can see that. Absolutely. Because that's what society teaches us. That's what it okay. states for us to do is to chase money. And I disagree with that philosophy myself. 
Yeah, and so for for me again, the the important aspect of our lives is to nurture great relationships. Um, for example, I've been blissfully married for the past nineteen years um, as a result of all of the inner work that I've done, and I took the time to figure out what I was doing wrong in relationships to make them work. Uh, it took me about fifteen years to find the woman of my dreams, but I found her because I exactly what I was looking for. And when I right. found her, I, I said, yep, this is, she's the one. <laughs> That's beautiful. Yes. <laughs> and, and so, like I said, we've been blissfully married for 19 years. But again, it's, it's all about awareness, you know, because as I look back over my life, and as I, I remember when I was in, in, in corporate America and, and, and in management positions and making a lot of money, I never thought about things like relationships and intimacy and spirituality. I was thinking about how big my check was going to be next month. You know? <laughs> so right. so it, I, I really talk about the importance of creating and nurturing group relationships. And that's an important chapter in the book. Beautiful. So I know we're, I'm, I've got a little um, shooting for time here, but... Mr. Taylor, tell us how someone can purchase your books and also contact you. The simplest way is just to find me online at CoachMichaelTaylor.com. And through most social media channels, you can find me at Coach Michael Taylor. That's Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter. At, actually, Twitter is at Coach Michael T. But if you go to my website, CoachMichaelTaylor.com, it'll give you links to most, most of my social media properties. And also, what can we expect from you in the future? Are you going to write more interesting books? Well, I've written one book per year for the past six years. I write a book a year, and it's just something that I'm committed to. And I'm currently writing three new books simultaneously. Um, and uh, there's, there's a science that some people call flow. Have you ever heard that term, flow? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a lot of times we relate it to athletics, where athletes get into this flow. For example, if you think about a, you know, a Michael Jordan or a Kobe Bryant or whatever, they they would get into these states of flow. Well, I believe all human beings have access to this state of flow if we're willing to learn how to quiet our minds, connect to our divinity, connect to our divine self, and that's how we're able to express this infinite amount of creativity. So for me, I simply connect to that source, if you will. Uh, I'm a firm and huge proponent of meditation. Uh, I've been meditating for more than 30 years. And what it does is it allows me to quiet my mind and to, to instantly get into this state of flow where I'm able to write all these books. And so, yes, I will be writing more. I have no idea how many I'll write, but it just kind of flows through me, and I enjoy it so much that I'll just keep doing it until the ideas stop flowing. <laughs> that was, that's great. Well, Mr. Taylor, it has been a pleasure having you on my show. Do you have any last-minute comments you would like to say to the universe? Absolutely. I just want to tell everybody to become an optimist. Don't believe the hype of the negative media. The future is brighter than you think. It is all up to you to make a conscious decision of who you are and what you want to experience in your life because you have within you the capacity to be, to do, and to have anything you set your mind to. There are no limits to what you can accomplish. 
So embrace that idea. Do your inner work. Transform who you are from the inside out, and nothing will be impossible for you. Absolutely. I want to give my condolences to the families who have lost their loved ones from the senseless shooting on May 27th at the Santa Clara Valley Transportation and Authority Facility. During this time of uncertainty, as we move forward, inspired by how the American people are implementing love than hate, we now have to strategically come up with a solution to help fight against mental illness issues and to and to protect our employees from the things we cannot control. However, from the experiences that has made another impact from disgruntledness and rejection. So God bless us all. I leave you all with this quote. Finally, I have reached my destination. Our ability to reach unity in a diversity will be the beauty and the test of our civilization. And that was stated by Madaha Gandhi. Gandhi, excuse me. So I thank you again for joining me. It has been a pleasure and do have a wonderful day. And you do the same, Mr. Taylor. Appreciate it. <laughs> Talk to you later. And right, I'm going to get that book. Bye-bye. There you go. All right, bye-bye. <laughs> Coming up next, we're going to have my special guest who is returning, Miss Farnake. We will be right back. BBS Radio. and welcome to BBS Radio, All Road 65. I am your host, Pamela L. Henderson. I have my special guest returning to discuss her new song, Miss Berenike. Are you with me? Yes, Berenike. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. Thanks for having me again. No problem, no problem. As always, you know, I'm constantly playing the song Love Struck. I just, I love that song. The melody and everything is nice. So I'm excited to hear about your new song. Can you tell me a little bit about your new song that's coming out? Oh, yeah, there's not much to tell. It's Frank Sinatra's My Way. (laughs) 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 Yeah, it will. It will come out uh, in June, on June 17th, and um, it will be released uh, worldwide and as a single, and I'm so excited about it, but we're, we're doing the, um, we chose the genre as pop, so we'll see where this, this is going to take off. So what is the difference between the Love uh, Struck song and the new song that you have just created oh well um on with love struck i have other um uh instruments playing in the background and it's more like an instrumental a new age type of sound new age piano new age music mm-hmm. this one is uh i was in the studio with my producer Preston glass 
uh, as I said mentioned before, you know, he is uh, he's produced uh, Kenny G, Aretha Franklin, uh, Diana Ross, everybody uh, in the business, and so we we were recording my new album, and my way was one of them, and so um, I played it uh, through uh, one time, only one take. And he said, I'm not touching this. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> why? He said, this is so beautiful the way it is, I, the way I played it. So we just left it solo piano. And um, I think it sounds great. It's one of the best things I've, I've done, I think. Um, it sounds really nice. And, and I played my, my way, uh, my own way, <laughs> my own style of playing. Which is uh, which is a style called um, bel canto in uh, in classical music. Uh, you know, Chris Bodie uses the same uh, same style. It's a singing style of playing the instrument. So, um, if you hear uh, my 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 way, the way I played it, uh, you will see how, what I mean by this. Wow. It's a lyrical style of playing piano. And where are we able to purchase the song? And uh, On June 17th, when it comes out on all the uh, digital radios uh, all over the world, you know, on every uh, digital platform, you can, um, you can purchase it uh, from... Uh, Amazon, I think, you know, it, it tells you how you can download it um, on Spotify and all the other ones, Apple Music, so right. so you can get it that way. Now, do you do any um, performances when requested? Yes, I do, I do, and I have a few coming up uh, for, uh, you know, events and uh, fundraisers, I've done a a few fundraisers as as far as like Zoom goes because it everything was closed up for, for the longest time. So right. but I do a lot of uh live music on uh on social media, Instagram and Facebook. So uh I just played uh my way on on um my Instagram and uh and I dedicated for the memorial weekend for the memory of uh, those who lost their lives yes. um, to ensure our, our freedom. So so I did a little medley of songs. I played uh, My Way, and I also played uh, uh, Fallen Leaves. Um, oh, Fallen Leaves, okay. Yes, yes. So that's in my social media at Faranak uh, Music. It's my Instagram page is Faronak Music, and my uh, my Facebook page is Faronak Shahruzi Music. It's on both of those. Okay. Well, I can't wait to hear the song and everything. That would be absolutely oh. wonderful. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to um, visiting your websites and also staying in touch with you as we do 
So that is great. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for um, and every time support. you make a song, just reach out. Yes, that's what I did. I, I will have uh, continuously make uh, new songs for this new album, which comes out every six to eight weeks. Um, so I will call you and say, hey, let's do this. <laughs> Let people hear my song. That's right. That is right. Well, I want to thank you so much, and I look forward to hearing from you. And thank you. much success, much success on your endeavors. Oh. Any last-minute comments you want to let the universe know? Oh, uh, are you going to play the song on, on the radio? or? Well, we don't have, it needs to have the link. Mm-hmm. We don't yes, have yes. Link. Oh, you didn't have that. Do you want yeah. me to try to play it live? Well, you want to see how it goes? Well, you can try. You want to try? Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna okay. try. You just tell me if it sounds okay. If it does, then I'll stop. Okay. Okay, here we go. It's really going to be a very, it's a beautiful song. Thank so, you. So, yeah, that, that's going to be so nice. So, it doesn't work. Yeah, we had a couple of interruptions when you were uh, trying mm-hmm. to play it, let it play and everything. Oh, no worries. So, we can uh, <laughs> we can do this. I just have everybody go on Spotify or or Pandora or any of those uh, digital radios and, and uh, put my name, Faronet. And uh, you can listen to my new song. Okay, that is beautiful. All right, well, my time is up. I thank you so much for joining me again. And um, like I said, I look forward to hearing from you. And you do have a beautiful day. Thank you. You too. My pleasure. Thanks so much, Pamela. You're welcome. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to All Roads 65 Max Radio with Pamela Henderson. Join us every other week on Tuesdays, 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on BBS Radio Station One. And please visit allroads65max.org and become a volunteer or sponsor and be the change you want to see in this world. With your help, we can make a difference in our society and uplift those who so desperately need our help. Thank you for tuning in.